Thank you for listening to our New Life Christian Center podcast. Stay tuned after the sermon for more ways to connect with us. Well, this is kind of interesting. I've never quite experienced this before, but this morning when we were listening to the video, I turned to Glenn and I said, he's using all of my scriptures. And then as, as during worship time, Glenn used my stories and my scriptures, and Randy even brought a, his Bible up and, and gave the scripture. So I'm like, okay, Lord, um, I'm not for sure what this is all about. And as I was just kind of, you know, to ask on the Lord, do you still want me to go in this direction? And I felt like that God said yes, that this was in his plan. And... Um, so I don't know if uh, we didn't hear it the first time. I don't know if I will say it a little bit differently, that there's maybe one person out there. But this is obviously a message that Glenn, or that Glenn, that God is really wanting to get across to each and every one of us. And as I've been preparing for this message, I just have really had it in my heart and been praying that God open our eyes, open our eyes to understand you. Give us that revelation knowledge and that understanding to, to walk in your fullness, to receive our inheritance, to see what's available to us, that we wouldn't just come to church and hear a message and get information and go back to, to life and it not affect us, that it would become alive on the inside of us. And one of the scriptures that God gave me was as, as that comes alive on the inside of us, that is the living water that flows out of our hearts. And so, you know, we've been talking about living from the spiritual realm. We've been talking about seeing with our spiritual eyes, and that's really what it's about today, is living from that spiritual realm, seeing with our spiritual eyes, and not looking at life, not looking at our circumstances with our natural eyes, and judging with our natural eyes. There is such a difference. In one, when we look with our natural eyes, and we see what's going on in the natural, all our natural can produce produce is is just flesh flesh produces flesh it, it it does not produce life it does not produce fruit it does not transform us it does not release the power of God into other people's lives but when we choose to see and to live from the spiritual realm when we choose to allow the Holy Spirit to open our spiritual eyes and we see from him we get that soft tender voice that speaks to our heart and he says, yes, my child, you understand the promise. You understand my will. And this is how you will walk through it. This is the direction. These are the steps that I'm calling you to do. He will give you step by step. And, and while you have that step by step, you will have the peace of God and the rest of God on the inside of your heart. You will know that you know this is what my God has said to me. This this is what he's made available to me. And I can walk in his power, in his very life, and go forward. And I can release it 
to the people of God, I can release it in my own body because that's who my God is. And that's what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at are we seeing the way God sees things, okay? Because there are, there are different ways that we can actually perceive and look at situations. And it is so important that we learn how to look from God's perspective and not from our own natural wisdom, our own natural understanding. When we look with our, no, our own natural understanding, we are looking and we put God in a box. And we limit him because we are limited as humans. We are only finite and our God is infinite. He has no boundaries. He has no limits. He has the answer. When you look at a situation, there are always possibilities when you look at it through God's eyes. See, nothing stumps our God. He is not looking at what's going on in this world. He's not looking at what's going on in your life and, and you know, chewing his fingernails like, how am I going to deliver them out of this? No, he is pursuing you with a depth of love that you have never experienced. And yes, I can say that. You can say, wait a minute. I know that my God loves you. I'm telling you there is more. There's a deeper depth there than what you have experienced. And the only way that we can experience those things is with our hearts. When we go to the Word of God and we start reading the Word of God, and we try to understand with our mind, with our own intellect, we put a boundary there. But when we go to the Word of God and we say, Father God, I'm here, and I open my heart to you today, and I'm asking that you would come and that you would speak to my heart, that you would open the eyes of my understanding in my heart, and you would cause me to know you in a deeper way than what I've ever known you, that you would cause me to understand the inheritance that you have given me, that you will cause me to understand the power that resides on the inside of me, on how to release that, how to live from that. See, when we drink from that living water, it's like trying to take a drink from a fire hydrant. There is so much force there. And it's like, wow, the depth of love that God has given us is just amazing. And yes, we learn from the very first time that we, give our, we gave our life to Christ that God is love. We know that, that, he, that he saved us, that he sent his son because he loved us. But let me ask you this question. Yes, you understand that with your intellect. You've understood that from since you were first saved. How does that affect your life? How does that affect your response to God? Because the word says that perfect love casts out fear. So when I have fear in my heart, when I'm responding to life in a, in a fearful way, I need a deeper understanding of God's love. Because God's word says that perfect love casts out fear. If I focus and I consider my fear, my fear just grows. And it ends up consuming me. You want to know why? Because God created us 
that whatever we consider, okay, consider is what do we, what do, what do we ponder? What are we looking at? What are we studying? What are we thinking about? That's what you consider. So, yes, your worry is a consider, because you're, you're pondering it, and you're going over it and over it. And what happens is, whatever we consider, our hearts become sensitive to that. So the more I consider the fear, the more my heart becomes sensitive to fear. And I, and I end up responding out of fear. But the more I consider and study and think about who my God is, who he is on the inside of me, the inheritance that I've been given, the more I see from God's perspective. And then my heart becomes more sensitive to him. When I look and I'm walking in the world and I'm seeing the world fall apart in my eyes and I'm seeing the darkness, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't overwhelm me because there is no darkness in God. And when I turn to God and I see his answer, I see there's possibilities. I see he has a plan. I see that it's not by accident that we're all here in this time. We are here in this time with an assignment. And that assignment is to make Jesus known. That assignment is to walk in, in the understanding and the knowledge. Yes, God will never leave us nor forsake us because he lives on the inside of us. We teach our little three-year-olds downstairs when they give their life to Christ that Jesus has come and he lives on the inside of them. People of God, the God of this universe is living on the inside of us. We should be different than non-believers. Non-believers should look at our life and see something there. I do have a story. I have a couple stories that didn't get told this morning. One of the stories when I was preparing for this was God reminded me when I got saved. And we were in the restaurant business and um, we were training a manager in Montevideo, Minnesota. So we were there and, you know, trying to train him and train his crew and everything. Well, there was this lady that kept coming into the restaurant in the afternoon. And there, she never said anything, but I was so drawn to her. And I was like, this lady, there's something different about her than any other customer that ever comes in this restaurant. So finally, one day, she was the only one in the restaurant. She was sitting back at her table. And I just went, and I just plopped down at her table. And I said to her, what is it that makes you different? There is something different about you than there is anybody else that ever comes in this restaurant. And I'm sure that there were other people that came in that were Christians, but... I was so drawn, and God said to me, that is salt and light. That is salt and light. She never had to say a word to me to get me to see and be drawn to Jesus on the inside of her. And you know, I found out as I, as I got to know this lady, as I found out, she'd been raped 
Somebody had broken into her house and had raped her. And she was whole. She was whole. She had the love of God in her. See, the things that the world says that we can never be whole or that we just have to modify our behavior, that's not who our God is. Our God is the God who has come to deliver us, to set us free, to make us whole again, regardless of what we've gone through, regardless of our pain. I'm not making light of your pain, but I am making big of who my God is. And I'm saying that my God can touch you and make you whole wherever you're hurting. Whatever's going on on the inside of you. I haven't even got to any of my scriptures. The other story that I do want to tell, and I did not get permission, but I have a really sweet friend that had told me this story. And she was telling me that she was on her way to a store one day, and on the way to the store, she had just, she'd been spending the morning with God that morning, and she was just so blessed by his presence and just had such a wonderful time when she was gone. She gets out, she goes into the store, and she's walking around the store, and she's getting herself stuff, and she realizes that she kind of has this woman following her, and she's like, I'm not really sure, you know, didn't think too much of it, but she did notice that wherever she went, this woman was going and was just kind of following her. And finally, this woman comes up to her, and she says, there is such a beautiful smell around you. What, do you have perfume on? And she's like, no, I have no perfume on today. I have no smelling lotions on. It's just me. But it really wasn't just me. It was the presence of Jesus that that woman was smelling. And it was sweet enough and different enough that God fo- or that she followed her around and got up enough nerve, just like I got up enough nerve to go ask that lady, what is it that you have that makes you so different? People of God, that's how we are to live our lives. And we can't produce that ourselves, but God can. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to start with Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, and we're going to look at it in the Passion Translation. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Did you get that? Fill your thoughts with what's in the heavenly realm. That means that when I go to the Word of God, ask 
the Holy Spirit to paint a picture of what the Word is telling you as you when you go to the Word of God. To paint that picture in your heart. Your heart can understand more than your brain can understand. And see, in the natural, in the world, we try to understand everything with the world, don't we? We honor education. There's nothing wrong with education. But if you want a deeper understanding of God, then open up your heart. Believe that the word is true and say, Holy Spirit, I want to understand this. I want to understand the depth of love that you have for me. I want to be so overwhelmed by the love. God wants us to be overwhelmed by his love. He wants us. He wants to reveal himself to us. He's pursuing us every second. And he's, he's, you know, he's just waiting for us to ask. He's waiting for us to stop and not get distracted by the natural realm. See, we can look at the natural realm, and I'm telling you, this is, when I started getting an understanding of this was, remember back in, when, the, when COVID hit, and I, I know I've shared that there was times that I thought that my husband was a little on the crazy side because we would have conversations, and what I would see, he wasn't seeing, and what he was seeing, I was not seeing. The reason was because I was busy in the natural realm and I was gathering all of the natural understanding and all the natural wisdom that was out there so I would know what to do. So I was reading the news and I was, you know, I was doing research and I was doing all of this other stuff and he separated himself. He separated himself from that and he was like, I'm going to the word and I'm going to see what the word has to say about this. And we were on opposite ends. And a lot of times our, our, uh, our conversations ended passionately. <laughs> and, and so, you know, <laughs> and I was still wrong, he said. And he, he's correct. I was wrong. But it took me a while to understand what, what God was trying to show me. See, I can, I can get really, you know, all of the wisdom that the world has. But that wisdom will not change something spiritually. If I want to change something spiritually and I want to walk in God's wisdom and in God's life and in his power, I got to go to the right source. And he was going to the right source and he was separating himself from that. It took me a while. It and what happened for me was it took me until I realized that by gathering all of the information that I was trying to gather so that I would be wise and I would be able to respond the correct way, was it was filling my heart with anger. And it was filling my heart with unforgiveness. And it was filling my heart with hopelessness because it looked like the power of darkness was in control and was winning. Now, when you look that way, that is how you're going to see it if, if you look with your natural eyes. But if you look with your spiritual eyes, you find that that's just not the case. Because see, God, Jesus defeated Satan, right? And he stripped him of all of his weapons. So, and, and then after he did that, he gave us the authority and he gave us his spiritual weapons, but see, I have to turn and look into the spiritual realm and to remind myself 
what God has to say about it. Verse 3 says, your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And Christ, as, and as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are, will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. Have you thought about that with you being one with Jesus in your spirit, man, that you, that you have the great I am that I am living in you, that you have his glory, you have his life, you have his wisdom, you have his power that is living on the inside of you. And, you know, when the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is dwelling in you and is quickening your mortal body. You know, as, as we think about that power, instead of just quoting the scripture, stop and spend some time and say, Holy Spirit, give me some understanding here. Show me how to live from your power. Show me how to live in the inheritance that you've given me. Do you think that when God, when the word of God talks about our inheritance, that he's just telling you that just to let you know, oh, by the way, you have an inheritance, but you're not going to be able to use it while you're here. See, that's not who our God is, is it? He, he has the inheritance, and he gave it to us for us to be able to walk in and to live. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. What does that mean, that I am one spirit, that you are one spirit with the Lord? And that the Holy Spirit, then, then he not only, when we give our life to Christ, he not only made us one with him, but then he says, I'm going to give you my spirit also, so that it will be a guarantee to you that you will stay pure and that you will stay holy in your, in your spirit, man, and that... And, and then the same spirit that he's giving us, his spirit, his spirit's going to teach us on how to walk in the fullness of what God has provided for us. So if God is living on the inside of us and he is one with our spirit, are you lacking anything? No, we're not. So let me ask you this. When you start to see a lack how do you respond to that lack? Do you respond with your natural intellect that, you know what, I don't, you know, I see this lack here, and you get to focusing on that, or do you turn and say, okay, wait a minute here. I'm obviously looking at this situation with my natural eyes, right? And my natural eyes can only see naturally. But if I turn to God and I say, okay, Holy Spirit, open my eyes and let me see here 
who my God is. I know that over here in the natural, it looks like I'm lacking. It looks like I'm falling short. But over here, when I look into the word of God and I see that you, God Almighty, are living on the inside of me and you are wanting to be released through me. You're wanting for the world to see who you truly are. I need a deeper understanding. Open my eyes. Cause me to see. If you were trying to understand something in the natural, if you were trying, let's say you were going to get an education to change your career, and you didn't quite understand something when you were in class, you would ask your teacher again, would you explain that to me? Would you help me? That's who the Holy Spirit is to us. He has been sent to be your personal teacher. So when you see things in the Word of God, when you see this is my inheritance, this is who my God is, but over here in the natural it looks completely different, you need to go to your teacher and say, I don't understand. You know, show me what's going on. Enlarge my understanding. I want to walk with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want you to put me on like a glove and use me into this world. I want to be your light and to be your salt. But see, if we don't open ourselves up and spend that time fellowshipping and asking the Holy Spirit, teach me, guide me. So the Holy Spirit, his job also is to lead us and to guide us and to show us things to come. In this world today, would you like to know what's ahead of you? Would you like to know what you're facing? Yeah. You know what? He's the one that, that will navigate us. But if we're not listening, if we're not paying attention to him, then we don't, then, then he's not, it's not that he's not talking, it's that we're not listening. Have you ever had a child that didn't listen? You know, you could talk and talk and talk and, and didn't matter, you know, they, they didn't listen to what you were saying. Are you that child with God? Are you listening? Are you paying attention and saying, because, you know, it says, it says in, in James 4, verses 6 through 7, It says that he gives grace. Therefore, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. The thing I want to point out here is that he resists the proud. We're proudful, prideful, when we think we have the answer. When we think, okay, I see this situation, and okay, I know what your will is, and so this is the direction, and I make my own plan. See, I always liked Amos 3.3, how can two walk together unless they agree until one day when God said to me, you know that scripture means you're to agree with me and not me agree with you. And I went, Ah, yeah, I get it. I hear you loud and clear. See, a lot of times believers will quote this scripture and they will say, resist the devil and he will flee. Well, that's true. But what did he say first? First, submit. First, find out from God how he sees the situation. 
See, we know the end result according to the word of God. We know God's will. We know that it's God's will to heal everyone, right? But we don't know the journey in between. But see, because we're prideful and we decide that we already know the answer, we start quoting scriptures and we start standing on the word of God, which there's nothing wrong with that. But let me point out to you that if we've started that over here in the flesh, in the natural realm, what, what fruit are we going to get? We're going to get natural, you're right. But when we start over here and we submit first and we say, okay, God, here's the situation. I know how I think that it should be answered. I know, I know what I'm seeing, but open my eyes. I want to see from your perspective. See, I, I want to hear, I want you to guide me and to teach me and to walk me down this journey so that I can miss the landmines, so that I can follow you and, and watch you work in it. But see, that, that takes some time of fellowship and with the Holy Spirit. That takes some time that says, you know what, I, I can see here in the natural, but wait a minute, I want to see what, I want to see it the way you see it. I want to walk in your promises. I want to walk in your life. I want to change this world, and we can change this world one person at a time if, if we're willing to submit first and to see how God would tell us to do it. Amen? So being sensitive, listening, you know, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You do realize to hear means you have to listen. It means, it means you have to stop and say, wait a minute, I'm here and I'm listening. It's no longer about my wisdom. It's no, it's no longer about what I want to see happen. But it is about my fellowship and my relationship with you. I want to grow through this and I don't just want to have the answer. And the other day when Glenn was preaching and he gave us the definition of a prodigal, it just so hit my heart so strong. And I went, oh my gosh, a prodigal is a child who wants the stuff but doesn't want the relationship. And it really, it really hurt my heart because I've been there at times that I want him to come and I want him to fix the situation. I want him to fix my problem. I'm no different than the prodigal. And I went, forgive me, Father. I truly want that relationship with you more than I want you to fix my problem. And what is so amazing about him is that as, as you fellowship with him and you surrender to him, he ends up fixing the problem. But that's not the focus, right? The focus is my relationship. I told Glenn the other day, I said to him, you know, it's kind of interesting with our daughter-in-law. I said, yes, I'm praying for healing over her, but what I pray for the most is their personal relationship with him. For, for them to get a deeper understanding and a deeper revelation of who their God is, of who they are, of their inheritance that they have, what's available to them. See, it's all about the heart. 
Because when God captures our heart, when we get that deeper understanding of who he is, you hear his sweet little voice whisper to you and say, this is the direction. This is how I would have you to pray. This summer, we went through a time that was, that was pretty hard for us. And I, I realized that going th- when I was going through it, when I got to the other side, it was one of the reasons that it was hard was because I, I put my focus over more on what I was seeing in the natural than, what, than who my God is. And see, remember when I told you that what we consider, what we see in the natural is what our hearts are going to be sensitive to. Well, when our hearts become sensitive to what we see in the natural, it becomes hard to what's available in the spiritual. Did you hear that? When your heart is sensitive to the natural and it becomes soft to the natural, your heart will become hard to the spiritual. And that's not how I wanted it. And so as I went to the Lord and was spending time with him, and, you know, the first thing that I want to do, even though I know it's not about what I do, it's about grace, it's about what Jesus has done, I started going down that road of what I wasn't doing right. And praise God, because I've been pressing in, God's, I could hear the Spirit of God say to me and point it out right away, you're going down to works again. And, and so as I spent time with God there, it was like, okay, God, you know, what is it? And God said to me, he said, Tracy, I am faithful even when you're not. Do you know what he was saying to my heart? He was saying that even though I, don't, I can't walk it perfectly, even though at times I end up falling you know, away a little bit and get fearful, he's like, I've got your back. I, you, know, you can trust me. You can rest here with me and know you don't have to do it perfectly. All he's asking is for your heart. Are you willing to trust him? Are you willing to abandon the way you think to the way he thinks? See, the other story that I had was the one when Jesus goes up to the cripple and he asks the cripple, he says, do you want to be healed? And if you look that up, in the passion, and you read the passion's footnote, the footnote says that he asked him, are you willing to abandon the way you think? And I went, yes, God, I'm willing. So one of the first things I do when I'm spending time with God and I'm in the word, as I'm like, Holy Spirit, I'm here. My heart is yours. And if there's things that you want to show me that I need to abandon, if, if I'm on my flight plan and I'm off course a little bit, I'm not going to get to my destination. 
right? And, and our destination that we want is the promise, is the fullness of who God is, to walk, in, to walk in so much of him and allow him to be so alive on the inside of us that we're drinking from that river of living water and it's flowing out of us that it draws people to Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, if you read the word of God, wherever he went, he had crowds. They, they wanted to know him. That's the way we should be, believers, is people should be wanting to know who is your God? Where is your strength come from? Where is your love come from? Where is your peace come from? You live differently than, than non-believers. So anyway, are you willing to abandon? Are you willing to let the Holy Spirit adjust your heart the way you think? Because I am, I, I want to be so in tune with him that I'm willing to even stand alone if that's what he asks me to do. Because I want to trust him. I want to trust him to the point that I know that I know that regardless of what I face, he's there. That I'm so aware of his presence living on the inside of me that I'm communing with him back and forth while I'm at work, wherever I'm at. I don't know if you ever had any of your children when they were real little, and sometimes when they could go outside and play, sometimes they would just come in to check on you, you know, to make sure you were still there. See, that's how I see myself with my father, is sometimes I can go out, but then I have to run back in and say, I'm here again. Do you have something you want to tell me? Is there an adjustment you want? Is there something that you want to show me? See, being aware that he's living on the inside of you. Being aware that you are one spirit with him, which means that what you have available to you is so different than a non-believer. That you have, you have life and you have power and you have wisdom. You have love and you have joy and you have peace. See, the fruit of the Spirit is God's nature. You have, I have God's nature living on the inside of me. I can drink from that nature, and so can you. That means when I don't feel like over here in the natural being patient, I can, I can turn to the Spirit and say, I choose, I choose to drink in your peace. I choose to drink in your patience. I choose to drink in your long suffering. I choose to drink in your faith. See, I remember when we first got saved and we listened to the faith message that there at one time there was a saying that went something like, fake it till you make it, you know, or figure out, you know, what, what you could do to show God that you have faith. I really don't feel like that that's really accurate because it's not about my faith, but it's about Jesus' faith that lives in me, right? And so what I need to do is say, you know what, Jesus, I need, I need your faith. I need to see from your, from your perspective, from your realm, and go and drink from that river and say, you know what, I'm drinking from your faith. It's not about me 
It's about you. But when I do that, I can't tell him how he's going to do it. I have to be willing to surrender and to yield to him. So in that, what is really important also is the condition of our hearts. It's getting close to being planting season for you farmers. And from what I understand, that nowadays your tractors will tell you what area in your field needs more fertilizer than other areas, and you're, and you're able to put that on. When the Bible talks about the sower and the, and the earth and the ground, the soil that is there, he's talking about our hearts. And our hearts are very important to what kind of harvest that we're going to get. And being in a farming community, you can understand that, that, you know, the ground makes a big difference. So when our hearts are hard, and our hearts get hard, when we don't agree with God, our hearts get hard when we consider the natural realm, and our hearts get hard when we walk in sin and it does affect us and sometimes we may look at sin and judge it according to different levels of sin sin is sin to God and so my bad attitude makes my heart hard I can have an excuse and I can have a reason on why I have a bad attitude but the thing that I have to remember and that you need to remember also is that that bad attitude hardens your heart. And so that's what affects you hearing from God. And that's, that's the part that has gotten to be so precious to me is that I want to hear that sweet voice at all times. I want him adjusting me. I want him correcting me. And, you know, a lot of times Christians will look at and say, well, you know, then it just feels like that, that God's just this mean person. Not at all. The reason he wants to adjust my heart and the reason he wants to deal with my heart is because he loves me so much and he wants me and he wants you to walk in some freedom to be able to hear him and to, and to have his very life, his very peace to flow out of us. But you know what? When we choose, when we choose to devour one another, when we choose to walk in sin, when we choose to be in disunity, it hardens our heart. And it affects us, the person that's making that choice. And that's as important in your marriage as it is in any other place. Unity with Glenn and I is so important. It's not about right and wrong in our house. I don't have to have my way. Unless we're remodeling. (laughs) (laughs) But but anyway... But unity is so important, people of God. It's important in your homes. It's important in your business. It's important in your church. It's important in your life. And when, when you choose 
to be in unity with each other and to love each other and to walk in forgiveness with your, with your mates and with each other in your church, in your businesses, you're able to release that life and that power, that living water. But when we choose, when we choose to walk in sin, when we choose to devour one another, we harden our hearts. And it's us that stops the very life of God to flow out of us that we want to flow out. So it's really important when the scripture says that, that keep your hearts with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. Out of it flows how you are going to respond in each situation. How you're going to, whether you're going to be victorious because we're going to be victorious when, when God empowers us and we're surrendered to him. See, that's being a living sacrifice. That's laying my, my plans. That's laying my, my ideas, my opinions on the altar. And that says, you know what, God? It's really about you. It's about you and releasing your love and your power in my life and in the circumstances around me and in my family around me. So pay attention. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23 that as a man thinketh, so is he in his heart. It's not how you think up here. It's how you think here in your heart. You can have all of the wisdom up here that you, that you want, but what's living in your heart? Because what's living in your heart is how you will respond in situations. What's living in your heart is what's going to be released, the very life, into the circumstances that you want. Father, I just thank you today for your word, Father God. And Father, I ask that your word would take root in our hearts. Father, that we would go forth and we would have a deeper understanding, a deeper revelation of who you are, a deeper understanding and a deeper revelation of what it's like to walk in the spirit and to not walk in the flesh. And Father, I ask in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of your spirit that you would strengthen each and every one of us in our inner man, in our hearts, and give us that your desires and your power to do what pleases you, Father God, that we would walk in your very life, that, you, that we would be your glove, Father God, that you would be able to put on and that we would make a difference that wherever we go in this world, that people would be able to see you and not to see us, that they would be able to smell you, Father God, and not us in the mighty name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. To subscribe to our podcast, search New Life Eckley in all of the major podcasting apps. Audio and video of our sermons are posted at newlifeeckley.com slash live, and you can watch sermon slices weekdays on social media. Search at New Life Eckley. Our main service is at 10 a.m. Mountain Time every Sunday. Thanks for listening.